digital twinning is a huge part of our reality capture group of what we do for the architects when they're going to renovate a building. But we obviously have the capabilities to take that to a whole nother level with the metaverse or even this digital twinning if people are going to use it for other purposes. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I welcome CEO of Cadnetics, James Jim Mahler. Cadnetics is a single solution from start to finish for the entire building construction industry providing technology-driven services that support the entire building construction lifecycle of any project. With so much happening in the building industry today, from clean energy to sustainable energy efforts to green building and now even healthy, well-certified buildings, this conversation will truly be power-packed with lots of nuggets for the building occupants as well as for the leaders that design and run them. Welcome, Jim. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. You know, we've had a lot of conversations over the water cooler or here or there grabbing coffee when we've seen each other at different networking events. And I think that the work that you're doing is really impactful and exciting. So I'm going to ask you to take a few minutes to just explain to our audience and our listeners, what exactly is Cadnetics? Yes. So Cadnetics is a full service solutions provider for the entire building construction industry. We we mainly provide production support services to to have our clients and our clients are architects, engineers, contractors, subcontractors, owners. So the whole team that that, that goes into getting a building built, designed, and then maintained afterwards, we help every one of those people. And And we have services that plug in. So we have four main divisions, a reality capture group, which is called reality capture services, which which is all the laser scanning of buildings that we do across the country. We have a design support services group that does all the design support services with modeling, construction, drawings, permit, drawing, space planning, all for the designers, mainly the architects and interior designers. Then we have a virtual construction services group that focuses on the pre-construction of the BIM modeling, coordination, um, fabrication drawing, shop drawings type services to mainly a lot of the subs that support the the contractors. And then we have a visualization services group that does all the nice, pretty, high renderings, animations, simulations type services. So some of you may be listening saying, okay, Fran, what in the world does Cadnetics have to do with a well-being workspace or you know healthy buildings or anything in that domain? Everybody doesn't even play in that domain. So what can this conversation be about? But I think what Jim's work does, he touches so many different pieces of a built construction that we live and work 
in each and every day. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, Jim. You know, when you take a step back, you touch so many different people and so many different uh, types of businesses. You mentioned architects. You mentioned um, the actual constructors themselves. You mentioned the occupants. There's so many different people that you touch. You know, what do you see as kind of the next iteration of design and where the building construction industry is going, particularly around this this idea of clean energy, you know, and, and sustainability of workspaces? Yes, I think I'm um, talking to a couple of the um, furniture um, reps that I deal with and even the architects. Obviously, the pandemic has changed a lot. Um, um, people are now creating um, amenity suites in their buildings to to help, which which was a big, we're actually moving our office in two weeks. And that was the big, um, we're downsizing because we're now national and we're in 14 states. So I don't have a local office anymore. So my people are spread out across the country working from home and and a lot of the people we want to hire, that's what they prefer. So it's providing those environments that you need for your people at home that that that's obviously productive and they can actually have a good work environment in their house to having the flex spaces and the hybrid spaces in your office. So we're seeing a lot of repurposing of office buildings with our clients that are putting amenity suites in. Um, I, I just talked to a client that owns a lot of properties. He's building in Pittsburgh. Um, he has seven of them now because you have the Regis's and industrious's of the world, right? Which are mainly for startups and temp quick and they're expensive, but the, you know, and then you, you, you get a room or whatever, and then you have the full blown five-year leases, right? That, that you typically, but there was never an in-between. So what I saw was a missing gap is that in-between, for people like me and other companies that want that flexibility, they don't, they don't want to, you know, go to a five-year lease not knowing how many people they're going to have. Because even we've had five people in Pittsburgh move outside of Pittsburgh because they could stay on and work with us. So, you know, out of the 20-some people we had in Pittsburgh, five of them moved out of state because they could. So you see a lot of people moving around and doing that. So. Um, obviously, sustainability and and people going to lead design, all that stuff is so important for these buildings, for energy, you know, efficiency, those type of things. So you're seeing a lot of effort going into and something you and I talked about, Fran, was just the ergonomics and in, in different in different facilities, whether it's your office, your home, a hotel, you know, or a Regis or industrious, having the proper work environments. And paying attention to those since people spend a lot of time sitting behind a desk. Yeah, I think that you, you hit on a lot of hot buttons. I, I The point around amenity spaces and making things so they're much more modular, if you will, that um, you know you can transform a space from a conference room to um, a small office to actually a, a large scale ballroom if needed. You know, you're, you're looking at spaces being able to be transformational and much more user friendly because, again, the footprint that many of these companies had, and and they're across the country, right, where they were taking up millions and millions of square feet of space. They don't really need that anymore. But like you said, there's a lot of organizations that are mid tier that still have you know, anywhere from 20 to 100 employees, and they need to be able to have those employees come in and use 
you know, formal spaces from time to time. And when they do, it needs to look like an office space. And even at home, for instance, you still want uh, your your employees to be in a remote space that still looks like a a business space. I'm curious with Cadnetics, do you all touch residential spaces as well? Yes, we do. I mean, not so much as the home office. I mean, a lot of it, but I, I know that's coming. But but like you said, with our people, one of the things we had to do is because everybody want, wants to work from home, right? And that's the problem. But what yeah. we have, what we do is we make sure our employees have to take a picture of the area they're going to call their home office for us. We got to make sure that it it, it it checks the boxes of being productive because we deal with a lot of drawings. They got to lay out. I mean, all of our all of our people use three monitors. So we don't want them working off the couch or off the kitchen table. So building out those home office spaces is very important if you're going to allow that type of, um, you know, work environment. So we're we're very keen on and, and, and pay a lot of attention to, okay, we're, we're happy to have you work at home, but let's make sure you have the proper environment to be productive, you know, not only for Cadnetics, but for our clients. Oh, I love that. And I think that that kind of pays forward to the brand that you represent, right? You're taking, you know, large scale pictures, laser pictures, drawings of, you know, these million dollar properties that are gorgeous, you know, type A buildings. Why in the world would you allow your employees to work in, you know, the the, the back of a, a garage, <laughs> the bottom of a basement? That doesn't represent your brand, Cadnetics, very well. And I think you hit on something really fantastic, which is a great nugget. I always say, watch for the nuggets, folks. So that was a nugget that that Jim just shared is that take a picture of that space and think about, how you all can workshop that. So you it can look like the space. It can represent the space, but it can also be a functional space to, to really uh, be the space that you need it to be. And I think in our domain, where we would touch that is we want to optimize that space, right? So it has the right ergonomics. It has the right furniture. It has the right lead, lighting. It has the right fixtures and all of that to really make people thrive. So as we're talking about this, Jim, I'd really love you to share a little bit more with our audience. Again, coming from the construction industry, what do you feel? What are you seeing um, as you feel like the, the next big corner that we're going to turn when it comes to the built environment and what your clients are asking for, even the kinds of uh, buildings they're trying to construct? What's the you know what's on the horizon? What's the the uh, the, the 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 thing that's coming around that we we don't even know what to expect yet? I think what's going to be big is and 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 like I said, I I, I started touching on it and I never finished that uh, that thought was the one of these developers in Pittsburgh, like I told you about the gap between a Regis and a and an industrious and 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 your regular lease, he's building out these smaller footprints of of suites that are actually creating suites, not just a bunch of individual rooms that you're going to populate as you grow. But and then I have a furniture rep that, you know, people are already starting to build and create those um, flexible wall systems, you know, right? Because one thing is one thing in construction that we're seeing, if if you can provide the flexibility to rearrange spaces and especially in in a shared office environment and be able to not get into full blown ripping out walls and studs and rebuilding drywall and painting and you can put up wall systems that you can interchange quickly, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a that, that's a major impact on on where this country is going. As far as I, I think, the key thing is we need that. Me when I'm putting on my 
you know, my tenant hat, I need that flexibility, right? Because I don't know how I'm going to grow in each city. And I need that. I need that flexibility in my lease. I need that flexibility in the space. And the more that, that, that the owners and developers can, you know, actually, you know, pay attention to that. I think that benefits a lot of people because I think that's a lot. I mean, even a perfect example, you know, we're going from, we're decreasing our space 75% because I used to have 30, 25, 30 people working in our Pittsburgh office. I have four. So why pay for all the space? And none of them want to come back. You know, some of them want some hybrid. So in the person that's taken over my space was in 75% bigger space. Their space was four times bigger and they're coming down to my space. So I see a lot of people going from those 10, 20, 30,000 square foot floor plates down to a fourth the size or half the size just yeah. because it's just you know so the flexibility that people can create and make a lot of these buildings be flexible suites and use some of these products and even like you and I talked about with furniture you know yes. that especially if they're providing the furniture and you make it very you know ergonomic to be functional and comfortable and for people's health and well-being i think that's that's huge because i think we talked about that before everything gets lost. We see it and you and I talked about the hotels and, and you even see it at the Regis's and stuff. When you look at them, they're just basic desks. There's no, no thought going into those at all. No, and it's the same Brown, black, gray, yeah. vanilla colors that they've been using for the last 50 years. And yet we've gone through so many iterations in other parts of industry in life in general. And yet furniture hasn't iterated. So I think it's, it's prime for disruption, right? Post-COVID, people are looking for that. They want to be electrified. It was interesting. I was, I think I was reading a magazine, some sort of interior design magazine the other day. And in the interior design, they had pink file cabinets. And I'm sure you've seen the plant walls. And I was like, yep. wow, talk about a color pop. But again, it enlightens the senses, right? It wakes you up. It invites you into the space. And that's what people you know, in, inhabitants, uh, occupants are really looking for it in the spaces to really make them feel alive and to thrive in those spaces. They're they're tired of the, kind of the the brown, black, vanilla shell. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Um, so two questions that are coming up for me with regards to cadenetics. First of all, you know, how did you get started with it? Because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs that that do listen to to our episodes. How did you think it started with it? And what is it that helps you continue to innovate? Because as I've listened to you talk before about your company, you know, you've iterated from the, the scale model or the drawing model, right, uh, of architecture to going out and taking these 3D incredible pictures using drones to, you know, to take pictures of buildings before the 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 you know, the, the bulldozer hits the ground. So people really know what they're getting to. So what, what went into your innovating of cadnetics? I think me personally, I've always had a passion for technology. And even as I evolved, because I, I, I hate to say I'm an old timer, but I started out doing board drafting. The CAD systems didn't exist when I started in this field. And the reason I got into it is because I love drawing and I was good at math. So when I was picking a career, I, I saw drafting and that's how I got involved because I, you know, I wanted to do something where I can draw and I could take advantage of my strong math skills. And I, and I, I went to a, a high school, Votech school, um, and that's where I kind of started. And then it, it evolved from engineering. And I really had a passion for architecture. 
And then when the CAD systems come out, it was something new and it was exciting to 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 do something different. And then where the CAD systems started back then, because when I started on CAD, it was two floppy drives. There was no mouse. There was there was eight commands, a black and white monitor. It's an old Texas instrument system. It was. But then again, going from board drafting to that, that was a big evolution. Right. And so now you see where the CAD systems are and the technology is now. And, and it's wonderful. So what I love doing is I love attending national conferences. I love keeping the, you know, the, you know, the, the, my hand on the pulse of, or my finger, I should say on the pulse of, 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 of where technology is going. And we've been able to, well, what's made kinetics very successful is we've been able to identify the next great thing in technology and jump on it. Not, I always say, I want to be on the cutting edge, not the bleeding edge. So we're not the ones out there, you know, paying the price to figure this out. We're seeing people figuring it out and we're jumping on it before most other people. And, and, and we've done that with laser scanning. We've done that with BIM and and we've done it with um, some of our visualization stuff that we've done, you know, ahead of time. So that's kind of what, 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 keeps me excited about running a business. I got a team that does all the work. I can focus on the vision. I can focus on, you know, the direction, which as you know, is the most important thing with a business. You know, the CEO needs to be focused on those things and not be in the weeds of their business. Yeah, no, I love that. That's a great gem, you know, be on the the end that's actually going to bring in the business and bring in the opportunity. You don't want to be on that bleeding end. <laughs> you figure it out and bleeding cash trying to figure it out. You're absolutely right. We, I think we've been able to iterate the same way with AeroBodies, right? You don't stay in, you don't stay as a viable business in business for over 20 years if unless you're always looking at what's coming next and really understanding that and understanding what's driving your customer demand. So I think that's a, a great um, accolade to you that you've been able to do that. So hats off to you at Kinetics for being able to do that. Well, and we're, we're celebrating 30 years in business this year. The big milestone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that is huge. 30 years. Oh, yes. I know. I'm, I'm ready for the party. I'm ready for my invite. Yeah, we're going to invite you guys. We're definitely going to have a party. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So again, going back to the second part of that question, you know, when 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 it came to coming off the coming off the the table, if you will, or off the, the drawing table and then going out and sending drones out or you know, sending out these lasers to actually laser a building. I'd love you to describe that. Cause I remember when you when you and I were having coffee one morning at one conference and you were describing to me how you will actually do that, how you actually take a 3D rendition of a building uh, for your client. What does that look like? It's really cool technology now. Um, What's funny is we've always taken the, you know, because you have to use the right tool for the right job, right? Before laser scanners, because they were kind of expensive, when we were first looking into laser scanners, they were over $150,000, $200,000, right? And for us, the type of projects we were doing at that time, which was about 15 years ago, it was just too much money to spend to justify that. Then when Faro came out with laser scanners, they got into the market, they were fifty dollars to $100,000. So that was a sweet spot for us that made sense. What we used to do before laser scanners, we would use the handheld lasers. We were on the first ones to buy and talk about staying ahead of the curve. I bought it from Sweden or Switzerland, Leica, where, where they're from. I forget which, I always get those mixed up. But I bought one of the original laser measuring tools that was about a foot and a half big. It was huge. 
I ordered it right from the country and they shipped it to me because back then everybody was using tape measures, right? So yeah. I got I got the first laser and I was using it in Pittsburgh to measure instead of using tape measures. And then we would take the laptops in the field. We would draw while we're in there because what happens a lot of times when you're writing down dimensions, you forget a dimension, a dimension doesn't work back. You get back to the office and stuff's not working. And then then you have to go back to the site and try to figure it out. We figure everything out in the site. That's what we were doing before. Now with laser scanners, now to train somebody so that this this gets to my what you're asking about, what got me into laser scanning, how it works. So I used to train people to be able to manipulate dimensions to make them work and be accurate enough for our clients. But then it's harder, even with the younger generations, to give that training that we can trust them and we have no way of checking it to go out and capture the correct measurements and draw correctly. What the laser scanner does now, you know, it sits on a tripod, it spins 360 degrees and depend on the settings, it can shoot buildings, you know, 10 stories high. It can get detailed down to the wood grain on the table. That that so the settings in the thing is you can get really, really, really down to you know 64th of an inch accuracy on these laser scanners on a building. So we know how to set the settings depending on what the deliverable is for our client. So with laser scanners, you know, they sit on a tripod, you know, they spin around and you capture, you know, depending on if it's an open building, you might be able to set that laser scanner every 25, 30 feet in a big warehouse so you can go through a million square feet warehouse and and it creates what they call a point cloud which creates millions and millions of points so this laser scanning what it does is it shoots out a beam and, and brings it back and it measures that and it documents that into a point cloud and then you get all these individual point clouds that are gigabytes of data i mean they're huge and then wow. we take that into one of our high-end machines. We register all that data and make it one complete model of the whole building. So, and it looks like the model, but it's a bunch of billions of points. And then we take and then we take that data and we import it into our CAD system. And we almost like connect the dots. You kind of slice it and trace it and get it. And then we build our models. Um, and and my guys do a tremendous, I mean, we built some extremely detailed models off these point clouds that you could never, ever get with tape measures or handheld lasers. So the accuracy and the information you can gather, there's no way you can get that any other way. That is tremendous. So I have to ask you, you know, it's coming up for me. So I went to this conference um, last fall that was very much about strategic growth and innovation. And they had basically exhibits of all different types of things that, that we're planning to see in the next 10 to 20 years. And they had an exhibit of um, models um, in, 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 in 3D that are in the metaverse. So I'm so curious, you know, obviously you love technology. What you just described immediately as you're describing, it, I was like, oh, that's like the metaverse, like being, you know, in this new environment atmosphere where you can, you can come around and touch it because you see it so well even though you can't touch it all at the same time, very much the metaverse. So what is your take on the metaverse as technology, as it helps support a business like yours and where we're going with that in the future? Well, it is so funny you mentioned that. We are actually dabbling into the metaverse. We already have some clients. Um, It's an interesting, me being, you know, in my 50s, I can't capture the minds of these younger people that are into this, you know, virtual reality world, living in it. 
but yeah. perfect example. You took, so to answer your question, the metaverse, we can cre- all the metaverse is is a bunch of environments, right? They have to create these virtual environments, whether they're fake buildings, they're real buildings, they're they're fantasy cities or whatever. They have to be drawn yeah. and created. That's where we can come in. If if someone's trying to create a a, a replicate you know, a replication of, of, of an existing building, say a retailer, and they want to put that into the metaverse, then mm-hmm. we can obviously scan that and recreate that for them and they can apply it in the metaverse. But I heard something very interesting that you're talking about just for the metaverse. So we were talking to someone and I guess there's a clothing company, a jeans company or something that you have your avatar. You walk into their store, you see the rack with jeans on. You're, <laughs> and, and this is bizarre. Your avatar tries on the jeans and you see that if you like those jeans and you walk out of the store, it automatically charges your credit card, ships you to jeans. That's the met. I'm like, that I mean, is if your avatar bizarre, the same. Are you serious? Yes. So I'm saying, are, are they doing a body scan to know your exact dimensions? Exactly. So I was so intrigued that, you know, people are doing weddings in the metaverse. They're doing, but a big thing is a lot of these retailers want to to give you that, you know, whether they create this fantasy, because that's kind of cool, right? If you're, if you're, yeah. l- let's say Dick Sporting Goods, you know, yeah. their stores are kind of okay. You know, they're one of my clients. Um, they're not the greatest looking stores from a, you know, like a wow factor, but if yeah. they wanted to create this fantasy sporting thing, you know, that has like baseball fields in it and football fields and you're pl- trying out all this equipment in, in virtual reality. And you're running the bases or you're running yeah. for the home run. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Or and, and then you can go and buy that baseball bat or you can go buy that, whatever, you know, that soccer net or that soccer yep. ball or whatever. I think that's, you know, I mean, for e-commerce, I think that could be huge, right? For people that might want to buy something off of, instead of just looking at a picture of it, like on Amazon, that's taking Amazon and putting it on steroids and, and, and actually putting people in an environment where they can, quote unquote, experience that product, that whatever. So to me, I'm on the cutting edge of this. I'm not on the bleeding <laughs> edge. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. To <laughs> I love but, it. But you're absolutely right. And that was the whole idea around this conference I went to is that they just want you to start to think beyond just your, you know, how your, your bricks and mortar of how you're doing business. And it's really applicable. The application they showed was a guy who was an accountant and he has, in order to do his work, I think he does accounting for the aviation industry. He has that four screens up at one time, but with the metaverse, all he has is his desk, a little cute little desk with like a little laptop with that, you know, his cushion laptop and his little goggles. That's it. Forget yep. the four monitors, forget all that. So, you know, you have to think about what's the application for my business. I mean, obviously in the fitness and wellness space, having a wellness and fitness center in the metaverse where people can go in and have experiences. Some people are really into having, you know, experiences that are beyond just the um, human ca- contact, or they'd want to see how they would look or how they would feel about X. It makes complete sense. So I love to hear the fact that you guys at Kinetics are, you know, thinking, you've already started to think about how that would look for you, um, for clients and clients are actually coming to you for that. Yeah. We actually have a a company in Pittsburgh that's looking at three different points of entry and platforms inside the metaverse. One's a gaming for games. One's like this, that e-commerce. And I forget what the other one was. And we've met with him a couple of times and he wanted us to build this skyscraper for him. That was a, you know, didn't exist. (laughs) It wanted to be totally 
like unbuildable, like it would, no one would design or be able to build that in the real world, but mm. he wanted to do that. And he's trying to raise some funding for his takeoff. And what's funny too, is, and I got to, now you just reminded me, I got to reach out to the guy in Pittsburgh, Facebook actually, or I guess it's meta now, meta actually has their, a metaverse division here in Pittsburgh. And, um, and the, and, and I met a guy that worked for another company that reached out to me for something else. And then I found out he's working for metaverse. And I said, Hey, we got to talk because I want to get in with them and say, you know, and help build their build environments. So one of the big terms that you'll be hearing a lot of in our industry, which ties to when we say the environment, the as built, um, you probably heard the term digital twinning. Digital twinning is where you are taking that existing building and you're creating a digital replicate, you know, replication and digital twin of that building in the virtual world. So you're creating a virtual model of that building, and then you're able to do a bunch of different stuff, tie assets to it, um, put intelligence into it, put information into it, um, and manipulate that model for mm. whether it's facilities management, for the metaverse, for other things. So digital twinning is a huge part of our reality capture group of what we do. Um, but we mainly do it on the on on the as built for the architects when they're going to renovate a building. But we obviously have the capabilities to take that to a whole nother level with the metaverse or even this digital twinning um, if people are going to use it for other purposes. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I we need to have a, a sidebar conversation on how we could use it in some of our fitness centers and, and wellness centers that we run because one of the challenges that we've had for clients is that, you know, if you've got 30,000 square feet, you know, some of our government sites, huge fitness centers, you can imagine, and they have just loads and loads and loads of equipment that has never been inventoried. It doesn't have an aging schedule, any of that. So to be able to go in and take that, to me, that's an application for this digital twinning to base, based on the way you've described it, and then now be able to look at that information. It's digitized. You you have accurate records for it. And then you can make some real world decisions around it. So that's that's another sidebar conversation we need to have, Jim. Absolutely. I'll maybe see you in two weeks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So tell me, as we're rounding out our time together, I'm so curious, do you have any passion projects or anything that you're super excited about in 2023 for Cadnetics or even for yourself professionally? Yeah. One thing that we're going to try to do here um we we started it a few years ago and it kind of got put on the back burner um because we lost a person um that that was that was um building it for me is we have a passion for kinetics you right um it, it's our training arm of our company yes, yes, um, and, and that's going to really be the foundation of all the services you know not only internal training to make our staff better as or when, as we bring in new staff to be able to train them better, but it's also training our clients, right? That to, to use the different software and, and to use it right. I mean, you get a lot of these resellers that offer training, but they're not using the product and the software every day. So they're not the, but they don't really know how to really use it. Yeah. They're they're, not the C's. So it's totally different. You're not the subject matter expert. Yeah. They're, they're teaching you the, the, you know, the academic book way of doing things, not the real world way of doing things. That's where we kind of separate ourselves from, you know, our guys use this every day. We know how to use it for the different, you know, disciplines that we serve. And so building that out, building that to as a recruitment center for us, and also as a support help center for our clients, because we ultimately have a passion to all these architects that are using Revit now, 
and which Revit, if, if for for the audience doesn't know, it's it's one of the, it, it's the most popular Autodesk CAD software that most architects in the, in, in the building construction industry is using, especially in the United States. Um, so a lot of people struggle with knowing it well enough to to do it to do it right. So we want to be able to do, you know provide the you know we have a partnership with um, Pinnacle, which funny um, Pinnacle there it's Eagle Point it, that's it's called Pinnacle e-learning platform that we can sell that and as and that's all the, an online learning platform with videos of how to use the software and then we want to we want to also back it up with one-on-one customized training you know on on areas that they're stuck in and have our team really help them through that. And then I want to finish it up with a a help desk, you know, where where we can just like IT, you know, you're working on a project and you're a CAD guy on a small firm or whatever, and you're stuck and you have nobody to ask. We want to be able to say, hey, you you got the experts here that can really help you go online and help you get through that project. So we want to be able to help all these clients, you know, if they're not using us, that's okay. Whether they use us or they don't, we want to help them succeed on their projects you know, regardless. I love that. That is such a great business model. And I, and I love CAD you, if you can claim that, I think CAD you would be fantastic, but you're absolutely right. I think there's ways in which you can talk to clients or potential prospects without actually having to be, you know, a direct sale and it can be indirect. And and the education piece is a great way to go about that. I have so loved this conversation. I knew I would. (laughs) I knew it'd be so full of chock full of nets. So I'm definitely going to leave the window open for us to have you back because I think there's oh, a couple awesome. of things to on. I'd love to hear about CADU and where that's going. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing in the verse. I call it the verse, yeah. but yes, I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, we're we're going to find out what we're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for that. So passion projects is getting into that. There, there's, um, you know, one other big thing we were want to get into is our FM, which is facilities management. We want to develop that division out where that that's now taken after you built the building, helping those owners and those facilities managers maintain and manage that building throughout the life cycle of that building. I mean, there's a huge opportunity and a lack because a lot of these maintenance guys are older guys. They don't, you know, and, and we want to bring the technology and simplify the technology for them so they can achieve what they need to do, you know, because people aren't going to open up sophisticated CAD programs are not going to open and be able to manipulate CAD files. So what can we do to, to make it easy for these guys to manage their buildings? And that that's kind of a, a passion thing for me that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Oh my goodness. We've got so many sidebar conversations. So that's a definitely area we need to talk about because we, we sit in the facilities management space. We don't touch the maintenance management of the building, but we do touch the, the health and the, um, you know, we touch the healthy, well-certified space of the building, but we also touch the wellness components of the building. Yeah. So we interface with facilities managers all the time. So we, yeah. we need to talk about that. Well, absolutely. Because what's funny is our reality capture group is the foundation of facilities, right? Because what happens with most facilities across the country, they don't have accurate up-to-date drawings of their facilities. So when you're working with inaccurate information out of the gate, you can't pass that on to the architect for a renovation. You can't do, you know, you 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 can't do your square footages. I mean, we're, you know, even using basic Revit, we've been able to help a large university here in Pittsburgh manage their usage, you know, breaking down color code and all their departments for, you know, they have like 30 some buildings on campus and being able to manage that just with Revit and the drawings and be able to query 
hey, how many square foot do we have in the, you know, in, in this program? How many square feet do we have in this program? What, how many square foot is this room? You know, who's in this room? All that stuff is easy to add because Revit is a database. So, yeah. so you can build that information in there very easily for, to, to, for someone that doesn't want to go and buy an, an expensive FM program, right? Because we're saying, hey, let's find a simpler, easier way for you guys to get an entry point into facilities management without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's yeah. kind of what, you know, you know, the Ohio State Universities, the, you know, Penn State University, all those big campuses, they already have an investment into that. But you got all these smaller campuses, these smaller hospital networks yeah. that don't have this stuff. And, no, no, no. And, and we want to be able to help them. And just like you said, if, if you're working with fitness companies and pe- that have spaces all across the country to help them organize that, put the 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 intelligence and the data into what's in there and the usage and and even tying, you know, you can do all kinds of different stuff like tie, you know, maintenance schedules, tie, you know, um, you know, whatever. Um, Aging you know, schedules, specs. inventory schedules. I mean, yes. it's, it's the, 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 yeah. the list goes on. I think about some of the GSA work that we've done. You know, again, some of this, these facilities are so old and, and they're not going to get rid of them. I mean, mo- a lot of this, the, this, um, square footage of space makes up major monumental buildings here in the Washington, D.C. area. Th- th- those buildings aren't going to go anywhere, but we certainly need to have a better way forward, an innovative way forward with facilities management. So another reason for us to talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think the problem we have is like the one thing and I and I know you're you're just I mean, we have a great group of people in our pinnacle. But I, I think what I love is, you know, we're here everybody a lot of people want to make a buck right and they want to make a quick buck our thing is if you build that trust you build that relationship and you educate your client if you can save them money on yes. top of that that's a win 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 and and you're building you know i'm all about i tell my clients every time i meet a new client hey i don't want to do one job with you i don't want to try uh, you know i want to build a relationship with you you know yes. so we're going to be honest we want to be trustworthy we want to be reliable and if you build those things yeah, the rest of it will just work out. It's it's beautiful. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I knew it would be. You are such an innovator and a creator. And it's it's great. I'm hoping that if you were listening, you grabbed the nuggets that Jim talked about from the metaverse to how you can actually take your bricks and mortar organization and turn it into a university. I love that one, Jim. I may sell that one. I love that one. And then also how you iterate for this new year, what you're taking. You've got a brand new logo up. So those of you who are watching us on YouTube, you see their brand new logo. You need to slide to the side so they can see the full thing. <laughs> Kinetics. There you go. Slide to the side. Um, but please, please take a look at Jim. How can people find out about you? So again, we're in the fitness wellness health space and we do have facilities managers in our in our network. So if people are interested in learning more, how do they find out about you, Jim? They can go, right? I mean, the easiest thing like to make it easy is the website, right? Catnetics.com. And if you go to catnetics.com, you know, there's ways to reach us to uh, fill out a form or our phone numbers on there. Um, that would be the easiest thing to do is look at, you know, go to the website. You can see more about some of the projects we've done. You know, and yeah, we'd yeah. If there's anybody that would that would love to know more about my service, um, that would be awesome. Thank you all. Thank you, Jim, and thank you for listening to the Optimized Workplace. And remember, it's always about one monumental mini movement at a time. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop. Have a fantastic afternoon. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.